0: Hi, this is Cameron Graham-Vivanco.
1: And my name is Jorge Luis Rodriguez.
0: And we are doing our very first HopeCast. (laughs) Woohoo! We hope to share what Education Equals Hope is doing here in Ecuador and give you a broad perspective of how the ministry started and some of the issues that we're dealing with.
1: Thanks for being with us, and let's start now.
0: HopeCast. Learning about the life and mission. Education
1: equals hope. Hi, my name is Jorge Luis Rodriguez.
0: Hi, and I'm Cameron Graham Vivanco.
1: And we belong to Education Equals Hope.
0: Woohoo! Equals H.
1: Yeah, go. Welcome (laughs) to our first HopeCast.
0: That's what we're calling our podcast. It's a HopeCast. See what we did there?
1: Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, the purpose of this is for us to get to know what we do better and share it with other people. There's just so much good information within all what we do or what we live and how do we start it. And that's why this is going to be about. So
0: Absolutely. there We've had so many people who, ha- especially during this time, we're starting this in October of 2020. And as we all know, we've lived through a are still living through an interesting situation with a global pandemic. And this is an effort to maintain better communication with all of the wonderful people who help make education equals hope possible and hopefully uh, pique some interest of others who haven't heard of us yet.
1: Yes, so welcome everyone. All of you guys that have already know what Equals H is, welcome to a reminder and a refreshment of what we do here and how do we keep serving God through what we do. And for you that you have never heard of us, welcome to one of the most incredible experiences ever, um, doing missions and being able to serve in different ways in another country or even in your home country. It's such a great experience that we want to share with all of you. I am so happy to being able to be part of a team where, as I was telling you, Cameron, you're a rock star. So we want (laughs) to hear everything (laughs) from you because your experience is great, but also the way that um, God has put you here in the country of Ecuador Mm. and brought you with a specific mission and not even knowing it, giving you a life plan uh, that I'm able to see. But I would like for everyone else to see that. How did... How did this all started?
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jorge Luis. That is a great question. Jorge Luis is uh, our amazing everything here. <laughs> um, I grew, I'll tell you a little bit about me, and then I'll also tell you a little bit about him as we get to have a blast just doing our first Hopecast. Um I grew up in North Carolina, born and raised in the Episcopal Church, went to Suwanee, mm-hmm. graduated from Durham Academy, went to Sewanee, um, then was at uh, Episcopal Church of the Advent in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and that's where God started calling me to full-time missions. I came to Ecuador in 2002, and wow. I told my mom I was going to be gone for two years. <laughs> Whoopsie doodle.
1: <laughs>
0: here, here we are 18 years oh, later.
1: <laughs> that's a very long time.
0: Um and in that time have done all sorts of things and missions, but one of those, and, and some people have heard me say this before, but one of those things that I have done is I accidentally started this program <laughs> called Education Equals Hope. Now, Education Equals Hope is a micro-scholarship program. If you guys know this already, go ahead and skip to episode two. But for those who (laughs) don't, it's a micro-scholarship program that seeks to support the education, to help with the education, help facilitate the education of those in desperate and difficult situations. Um, Through all sorts of things and ministries that I was doing, um, mostly with short-term teams and with youth ministry and very marginalized neighborhoods of Keto. So mm-hmm. very poor neighborhoods, unemployment 80%, single moms with four children, people living without running water in their homes and dirt floors, uh, just that that desperate and difficult situation of poverty. And in future episodes, we'll start to look at all the different aspects of poverty, but uh, getting to experiencing experienced that firsthand, mm-hmm. um, working with trying to do poverty alleviation. Uh, we do that in a holistic way that it's physical and emotional and spiritual, um, psychological poverty. All of those things are rolled in together. And we saw that one of the huge needs was uh, was walking with students through education because education makes all the difference. Um, you... Uh, With an education, your self-esteem increases. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With education, you understand how the world works. You understand who you are. You understand your place in the world. Uh, There, gosh, we could drill down on so many things in that, but... Uh, so I, my roommate and I, back in 2003, accidentally started Education Equals Hope, and today it has grown from helping one girl in a marginalized area called Carmen Baco here in Quito. It's grown from that. In Ecuador, we supported 315 students last year, and we're also in four other countries, so five wow. countries all together. We're in Rwanda, the uh, Blessing School for the Visually Impaired, a school, uh, one of I believe there are only three schools for the visually impaired in the Mm. entire country of Rwanda, and we get to support um, one of those. We're in Haiti. We um, support almost 2,000 students in Haiti through a number of programs there. We have a handful of students in Costa Rica and a growing ministry in Kenya. Um, It started with a handful and it's growing into the hundreds. So we're just so thrilled that we get to put our faith into practice, that what we say we believe is how Mm -hmm. we are living our lives. um, And that would be to God's glory and for our good, um, loving our neighbor as ourselves.
1: That's such a wonderful thing. Um, You were saying at the beginning that you started this accidentally how that comes. <laughs> how can you how can you start a- accidentally start something that is so big right now?
0: Y'all, you have to know Jorge Luis is Ecuadorian and although he has no accent <laughs> at all.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, some some of you that may notice my accent, you just don't, it, there's don't mind. There's no
0: accent but it's a li- oh, this is so fun. Sorry, I digress. Um, how did this get started? Well, my roommate and I were friends um, just doing normal youth ministry where mm-hmm. um, you pour into Young people's lives, and Carmen Bajo, and and through that experience, got to know a 15-year-old girl at the time. Her name uh, is Lara Farinango, and she was in third grade. She mm. uh, she's the seventh of nine. If you haven't seen our intro video, feel free to go to Educationals Hope. .org that's our website oh but we have a youtube channel we have the a youtube video, channel now the, the videos on the youtube yes. channel um, you can hear a little bit more about that story but really she uh, was morose and depressed because she knew that she had no future without an education, and as a youth minister coming, a youth minister coming from uh, the United States, a lot of the kids I knew there would have been doing backflips, like "woohoo, <laughs> don't have to go to school." Um, but that generally comes uh, from people who have all sorts of resources available to them, and actually would never allowed would never be allowed not to go to school. They have yeah. enough support emotional. Um, intellectual, psychological, spiritual support around them that their parents are never going to say at 15, oh, don't worry, honey, it's fine. Um, and so, but that was the population that i had been working with that had this uh, uh, incredible support systems. And then to be here and to, to really get to know the inside track on Lara's life and the overwhelming angst and anxiety she had. N- for fear of not being able to go to school, not being able to finish third grade at fifteen, mm-hmm. and my roommate and I, walking with her and and trying to to dig into this situation and lean in, we're like, well, eventually we got to the question of how much money do you need? What is this new process? For you to catch mm-hmm. up and, and have an education, what's that going to cost? You know, I'm expecting a huge price tag. Um, the, again, the world that I came from, the scholarships were hundreds and thousands of dollars. But uh, with tears pouring down her face, she looks at us and says, I need $22 a month. Wow. Oh, I, that. That's not what I was expecting you to <laughs> say. You can get into a private accelerated program that you can graduate from third grade to high school in six years. Um, you can do that for $22 a month. Okay, Laura, well, Alyssa and I, we're going to go pray about this and we're going to see and um, see what we can do. And mm-hmm. and that's honestly how Education Equals Hope got started, just... Um, Read, uh, responding to the need that was right in front of us through the relationship that was right in front of us. That's so important to do ministry
1: through relationships. That's wonderful. Tell us a little bit of how that little contact, that relationship that he had with one girl came up to be bigger and bigger and bigger every time. Because mm-hmm. you, I think mm-hmm. you, from what you're saying, you were not even expecting it to grow that fast and grow that big.
0: Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um So we, let's see, um, we started with Laura and got her in school, and as more short-term teams came down to do ministry with us, people kept asking, why is that person not in school? Why is this six-year-old not in school? Why is that 12-year-old not in school? And all of them had similar stories of a lack of financial resource. Um, That's why I like to call this program a micro-scholarship program, Mm -hmm. because it's not hundreds or thousands of dollars, (laughs) it's with tens of dollars, you can... Change people's lives forever. Education is a gift that can never be taken away. Um, so uh, we started facilitating. Uh, okay, let's put Adrian in school. Let's put Katarina in school. Katarina, let's put and and working with the local leadership, the pastor and his wife at that church, um, Pastor Fabian and Tia Grace. Like, how do we do this? And and it was. It was just the homegrown grass, grass roots process of uh, this donor wants to send this child. Okay, they'll send me this much money. They would send it to my missionary account. I would go mm. to the ATM, pull out the money, go pay school <laughs> bills, get receipts, have to send those receipts, snail mail, snail mail back to the United States, get reimbursed, <laughs> then go back, pull more money out. It was just this, this crazy circle. And so by the time... Um, we got to about 35 students. I was pulling my hair out going, I can't <laughs> do this anymore. It's too big. Of course. Um, and then God, in his graciousness and his goodness and his humor, he sent Chip Smith from Fort Mill, South Carolina, down on a, a short term vision team. And Chip caught the vision. And he is wow. a businessman that had um, committed his life to what whatever God would have him do. Uh, he had had his own um kind of spiritual awakening later in life and thinking, wow, I've gotten church wrong all these years. This is hmm. not about being a pew warmer. This is not about checking the box and doing what's culturally acceptable or expected. This is about actually living out what it is. I say, I believe. And, and so he had just recently said to God, you got to be careful when you tell <laughs> God things like that, because yep. God will take you up on it. Um, so uh, Chip, uh, kind of took this vision of helping students in, in desperate and difficult places. Mm-hmm. And he, he just, he did all the back office. He made it a 501 C3. He uh, created everything, the infrastructure, to make it happen what it is now. And so he at one point challenged me to have 100 students. And I told him he was crazy. That was way too many students.
1: <laughs> and how many students do we have I now, this, Cameron?
0: This last year, we supported 315 here in Ecuador.
1: Here in Ecuador. And how many uh-huh. students do we have in other countries that is not all,
0: Ecuador? All, uh, I think I was talking about that um I think I've mentioned that already. So, But globally, all in all, we have about 2,200, 2,300 students around the globe.
1: Oh, wow. That's yeah. great. So. I, I love the name of Education Equals Hope because that is not just the name that we use so that we can be identified in front of other people. That's also part of the heart and the mission of what we believe mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what we want to do. Yep. Uh, the fact of sharing hope through education. Um, and it has been a great impact. How can you tell us just to finish this one? Can sure. you tell us one of uh, of of the many stories that we have of how that hope is real in the life of those students that through education have a different future?
0: Sure. Um, unfortunately, uh, none of the stories are very easy. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but, in poverty, in this kind of poverty, where we are, the students we're working with, um, it is harsh, harsh realities. Um, the story that first comes to mind is from an Episcopal church in the south of Quito. Um, a young girl who was born blind. Um, when she was about fifteen, um, she her mom got her enrolled in a school for the visually impaired here in Quito. And one of the things that they um, that they did at the school was uh, to teach young people how to travel about the city by themselves. So for the first month of school, the mom went on the public bus and dropped her daughter off and went back in the afternoon and picked her daughter up and did that together. But as part of the program, um, the school said, okay, uh, next starting next week, you guys are going to come, parents are going to come drop students off in the morning, but the students mm-hmm. are going to find their own way home. And this is part of the, the training for the visually impaired. Um, at some point, I don't know if it was the first or second week. Um, it, it happened as planned a number of times. Um, but then one of the days, the, the student, the, the girl never came home and the mom started looking and looking and looking and found her three days later in a hospital. Um, she had been abducted and raped and nine months later there was a baby. Mm -hmm. A baby was born. Um, here we are about 15 years after that part of the story. Mm. Um, and we, uh, that grandmother now um, yeah. is still supporting seven or eight of her own children. Um, they're all living in uh, the same, same square footage. Uh, and this particular mom um, has no ability to hold a job. Um, being visually impaired, uh, and so the the resources are very, very difficult. Um, are you going to choose to feed your family are you everyone 's pouring in what they can right but, but mm-hmm. it 's just living in in desperate poverty. Um, and poverty. We'll have to come back to this another time. Poverty in Ecuador is different than what I've seen of poverty in the states, and there's some cultural reasons to that. Sure. But, but we can come back to that. Um, anyway, uh, so we have through the the Episcopal Church down in this neighborhood. We have been. She is one of the students, and I'm intentionally not saying her name, but she's one of the students that we have gotten to walk um, alongside for the last two years. Um, the the granddaughter, the result of uh, the bus trip gone gone erroneous. um she is an excellent student and she is doing super well and uh you know she didn't ask for the, that to be her life story that just happens to be her history um, but she has a hope and a dream for a future through education so it's students like that that we get to help over and over again
1: Wow. And as, as you're saying, there's so many things that we need to talk about.
0: There's and so we'll many love... things we need to unpack.
1: <laughs> and there's so many other stories that we would mm-hmm. love to share with you all that are listening to this. Thank you so much for paying attention to our stories and to giving yourself a minute of hearing what God is doing in other country, but thank you for being part of what God can also do with you um, and through your life mm-hmm. for so many others that are in need. Hear, hear. Uh, thank you for hearing our first Hope Cast. We hope that you enjoyed it, and we hope that, we can, that you can listen to us the next time. Thank you, Cameron.
0: Thank you, Jorge Luis.
1: This has been great. Please, um, at the end of every episode, I would like to uh, leave by saying thank you for listening, but also please pray for us. Pray for um, our mission as we keep serving others to um, get to know God better also and to have a different kind of future, a different destiny through education.
0: Absolutely. And I would like to say, please visit our website. And if you would like to donate, feel free to do that today.
1: (laughs) That was all for this time. Thank Thank you. you,
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you on the next HopeCast. Bye. Thanks for listening to our HopeCast. If you want to join the mission or know more about it, please visit our webpage www.educationequalshope.org or check our YouTube channel and Instagram with the same name.